Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, this is the pre-Watford edition of the podcast. I'm Kev, I'm the host, and with me I've got two of the regular gang, James and Tony. Chaps, how are we? We're fine. Well, I am. Yeah, we're all right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Evening all. Brilliant. And we've also got a guest uh, with us this time. We've got uh, town fan Lewis Williams. Lewis, thanks for giving up your time and coming along. Uh, introduce yourself, how long have you been a town fan? and uh, your YouTube channel and everything else? Well, so Luton fans since the age of two, so for about 18 years now. Um, I post Luton and Championship content on YouTube, do match previews, do match reactions, do a weekly series where I cover everything to do with Luton. And that's pretty much it for me, really. As long as you save some exclusive content for us, you're more than welcome uh, on the podcast. Chaps, let's uh, well, let's let's get cracking. Really, what a what a start to the season it's been. Um, probably best I come to you, James, as you're the only one who's been to most of the games. Um, two wins in the cup. We'll we'll start with the two wins in the cup and the two wins in the league. We'll we'll come to the Man United game in a minute. Um, couldn't really ask for much better, really. That's been a great start, hasn't it? Not, I mean, results obviously, but the performances have been absolutely wonderful and they've kicked on from what they were doing at the end of last term um, <laughs> to survive uh, and the new boys have slotted in well and I think they've just that's a that's a key thing I think for them to be hitting the ground running but there's there's players and we'll talk about it later I'm sure that have just stepped up another gear themselves as well so um, it's, it's the performances that have been really pleasing and Ultimately, what it's looking like is the return of fullbacks, the return of wingbacks, which uh, was missing for so much of last season. Um, and it's really added another dimension to the team. So um, the fact that they're keeping out the goals now, um, I know going into pre-season they, they didn't concede. But yeah, it's like lower league, non-league teams. But um, they're looking like they can keep it tight now. And if they can do that, they can always nick a goal. So it's it's looking really promising. Yeah, as we said last time, pre-season was good, but we did play a load of pub teams like Stevenage and um, things <laughs> like that. So, uh, uh, but yeah, Lewis. I mean, the um, those those four games in particular, the two cup wins and the two league wins. What 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 did you pick out of those games? What stood out for you? How good defensively we are compared to last season. It, it like under Nathan, it's massively different. Under Graham, it didn't look like we actually could defend. But Nathan, as I don't know what he's done, I don't know what he's doing in training, which is different. But we look a lot more solid. I'm seeing a better Matty Pearson. I'm seeing a better Sonny Bradley. And obviously, the addition of Lockyer, we're a lot stronger in that department. And I'm, I'm, I'm a lot happier now um, seeing how well we can actually defend because we conceded too many sloppy goals last season. Yeah, we absolutely did. Tony, it's uh, the defence is getting all the, a lot of plaudits, quite rightly. So, I mean, after all, it's only conceded sort of one goal in those or two goals in those four games um, that I mentioned. But actually, the attack is is looking really good as well, isn't it? Uh, obviously, Colo's off to a great start with four goals, but not just Colo, but there's a lot of attacking midfielders that are looking like they're going to contribute a lot of good things this season. Yeah, as as an attacking unit, we we look uh, more potent than we did this time last season. Um, we, we're effective and, and you know that if we keep a clean sheet we're in with a good shout scoring and, 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 and winning the game um, 
it's it's really good. Uh, it's just shown what uh, a good decision it was by 2020 to get Nathan back. Um, and we're, we're basically carrying on in the same vein we finished last season. So long may it continue. Um, and I think all of us are optimistic about this this season that uh, we should do better. And um, yeah, we, we have so far. I mean, I think the big worry uh, was that we would um, miss Carter Vickers. But to be honest with you, um, the way Pearson and uh, Bradley have played, we haven't. They look far more solid and more effective than they did last season. Um, and it's good that we, we, we've got a bit of quality to come in there in, in, in Lockyer as well. So, um, yeah, well pleased with the start of the season. Should at this point just say, if you hear a bit of background noise, we are obviously still doing uh, these from our homes and things, and the heavens have absolutely just opened outside. So it's it's raining on the window, nothing else. Um, James, uh, the Derby game was interesting to me um, because it said something about the character of this side. I think last season when Derby came strong at us in the second half, we could have folded and conceded three in a short space of time. But, you know, we um, we regrouped, didn't we? Fair play to Nathan. He made two or three formation changes. And then eventually, you know, one of his substitutes pops up with a winning goal. It was it was a good sign. The first 10, 15 minutes of Derby, I thought, uh-oh, um, because they look really sharp and really lively. And last season, when that happened, Luton just crumbled. Um, but there's something about them now. There's a bit more resilience, a bit of steel. And even there's a bit of luck. If you look at the Barnsley game, when, when the fella has a chance to head, head in an equaliser late on, that goes in 10 times out of 10 last season uh, before Nathan came back. But they're just having a little bit of rub of the green and it's, it's going for them. So, um, yeah they can they, they seem to be able to weather that uh, bit of pressure you know even against man united they started fast man united and you thought and when i saw the team sheet i thought oh dear they could be in for a bit of a hammering here and you know i got proved wrong so i'm happy to take that on the chin but um they they, they seem that they can weather that storm and, and hold hold teams off it and and then they grow into the game which is a good thing they're not they're not just hanging on they they're, they're showing that they can play and that is another thing, actually, that they're just doing the the basics really well. And when they're in a possession, they're just better with the ball at their feet now. I don't, I really don't know how they've affected that change so well and so quickly, but it's it's lovely to see. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, you mentioned the luck there. I mean, how many times did Wayne Rooney shot find the bottom corner last season? Near enough every game, doesn't it? But thankfully, this season, in the last minute. Uh, just went wide. Uh, we should actually, on that Wayne Rooney chance, Lewis, just note that piece of defending from Sonny Bradley in the lead-up to it, where he uh, blocked the first shot with his head. I'm not sure he knew an awful lot about it, but that's putting your body on the line for the cause. Yeah, 100%. That's what we didn't see last year. And we're now seeing it, that fight for the manager, fighting to win, win games. And as supporters, we're loving it because that's what we want to do. We don't want to be near relegation this season. We want to stay away from it as possible. So keep it up. Keep Let's keep this form going. Yeah, long way to continue. Tony, um, after the derby game came Manchester United. Not the biggest game of the week, as we're going to allude to later on, despite what people have been telling us. Um, I, I guess, in reality, the result was always going to be what it was. But the boys did us proud in the process. Yeah, very, very proud of them. They put the effort in, they fought. Um, you know, a big thing was made about all the changes that Man United made to their side, but 
I mean, we made nine changes as well. And every single one of those players that came in played really well. Um, it took a penalty to separate us, and that was really unfortunate. Um, but then, you know, we, we did look dangerous. Um, I mean, Henderson pulled off a fantastic save to that header by Lockyer. And at that time, they, they brought on three big guns. But as soon as they came on, um, and I, I think they put them on because they were worried about us coming back into it, um, it just showed... It, it, was, it was Tony, because I spoke to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last night, and they, it was. That's, they did put them on. They were fearing, you know, penalty shootouts. And you look at them, and, and, and you could tell straight away that it, it, it was a golfing class. Um, and... Uh, when that happened, I, I, I sort of felt, you know, it's only a matter of time before they made a breakthrough. Um, but it, again, it, it took them to something like the 88th minute, didn't it, to, to score that second goal, which shows just how well we played and how far we've come. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, we'd have thought if we'd have got that game, we'd have thought, oh God, we are going to get hammered. But actually, a lot of us went into it feeling like, you know what, we could get something out of this. Um, Okay, we, we, we didn't get the result we wanted, but I think uh, Nathan and the coaching staff will have learned a lot from that. I think as supporters, we've learned a lot from that. In, in, in we're, we're seeing the true characters of the players. And, uh, you know, as Lewis said, how, how they're all pulling for one another. And it, it just shows that Nathan's installed that belief in them and, and, and they're getting back to the stage where, you know, they'll run through walls for him. And, and that's what we want to see in the Luton side, we, we want to see that fight, that passion, you know, and that commitment. And, and we got that in spades last night. Uh, and if we can keep that going through the season, I think we're, we're in for a very good season. Yeah, we certainly did. Yeah, you went a bit early with your name drop in there, James, uh, barely 10 minutes into the podcast and uh, out comes the <laughs> name drop. But uh, I don't we'll get out much anymore, okay? There's no need to rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, uh, I know some of your colleagues in the press box didn't see that Lockyer chance, but I've sat in your press box seat. I'm pretty sure you've got a view of the goal. Did you think it was in? Oh yeah, all the way, and uh, even the follow-up. I don't know. I don't know. He managed to keep it out, but uh, um, yeah, it, it was a it was a good save. I suppose the one thing is that um, it wasn't tested too much the goalie, but it was uh, it was the build-up play that that got him there. There was balls, dangerous balls in the box, and. Um, you know, on another day, um, something could have gone. If if the luckier chance goes in, different game, isn't it? Um, maybe penalties, and you know, or maybe who knows? But uh, you know, no, nobody's gutted about it, are they? I mean, all you wanted was a good showing. You got that from a, from effectively a second string side, and it just shows the the squad strength. Really, um, it shows everyone fighting to try and get in the in the starting lineup, not just because it's Watford next, but um, just because uh, the, the team's really playing well. They've got, they've got two players for every position there or thereabouts. Um, and they're, they're in really good, um, good form. Can I, can I ask you, James, did you feel that after the game um, from the United camp, that they, they got a bit of respect for Luton? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, Solskjaer was surprised. He even he said something to the effect that the levels in English football are getting better because that that wasn't Luton's first team. That was he said it was Luton's cup team and um, that they they stretched them. They stretched Luton, uh, Man United, and 
you know, apart, really apart from the first 10, 15 minutes and the last five, um, I, I, I say it was, you really couldn't tell that they were in a, a different division and, well, they're a stellar team, really, the, the money they got and the players they got. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really great to see, um, you know, once, once Pete Kioso put Jesse Lingard in his pocket, they, they didn't have much, uh, about him. Yeah, that fellow must have won a competition to play in that game because I can't believe he got <laughs> in any other way. Um, <laughs> that's law, isn't it? United have had a goalkeeper chucking the ball in the back of his own net for a good year and then they come down to Kenilworth Road and finally bring a goalkeeper with them. How's your luck? <laughs> um, Lewis, uh, James mentioned Peter Kioso there, made his full debut in that Man United game. What did you make of his performance? Brilliant performance. What a debut, you know. Two years ago, playing ninth division football and now he's playing against Man United. I was very impressed. He looks a great prospect, great scouting to bring him to the club. I'm excited to see what he can do for the future and see how he, he fights for that number one, like right back spot with James Bree. Yeah, that right back position has suddenly really intensified, having gone, you know, best part of a year where we couldn't feel it for love nor money. So um, certainly an interesting thing to move forward with. Um, James, we will look at two players in particular. Uh, now and actually as luck would have it they've played in all five games and uh, the first one uh, to look at is the new signing left back Reese Norrington Davies made an immediate impression not just because he seems to know where Jordan Clark's head is but um, his his all-round game just wow yeah that's an apt description he's got an absolute wand of a left foot and um the, the crosses, I mean, he, he nearly did it three times in a row. If Danny Hilton didn't get in Jordan Clark's way, he probably would have got another one. But it's, it's wonderful to see. I don't know why football ever sort of veered away from it, really, like the wide men stuff uh, in, in favour of like perhaps Barcelona's tiki-taka. So, I mean, it was good to watch Barcelona stuff, but sometimes a bit boring. For me, there's nothing better than a, a fella that can run down the wing and whip a ball in and, and, and a header like, like Clark's at, at Reading. Uh, that was a better header, but the, the one against Derby obviously nicked it and, uh, and won the game there as well. So, it, it, But it's not, it's not just that. It's not the fact that he can just get up there and he shows no fear and he whips a great ball in. It's just the little things. You know, when his first touch is bang on point, the sort of thing that um, when you saw JJ uh, come in the team, went, this guy's got a future. Because he could just do that, and it's you—you uh, you could argue that most footballers should do. But if everybody could do the same thing, everybody would be lying on Messi, wouldn't they? So, um, he, yeah, he's got a great first touch. He's—he's he's, uh, always looking to go forward. He formed a very promising little partnership, particularly in the first half yesterday with the Wallawa. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the pod, it's just. It's like Luton have got Luton back. You know what I mean? They've got this this wing back play that they can uh, they can look to now to um, add another string to their bow. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. What did you? What have you made of um, of him so far? He looks a really top signing. Yeah, he does, um, and he 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 come a, a fair way in in such a short space of time. Um, he seems quite like a a, a quite level headed young man. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm not surprised that um, 
you know, the the the, the club have tried to try to sign him first on a permanent rather than um, uh, a season-long loan. You, you never know. At the end of the season, hopefully, we might be able to get him. But he's at, we we do look a a, a a better attacking force on that um, left-hand side. And of course, he along with Sonny is 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 the one guy that I think he's played every single minute of uh, all four games, hasn't he? But the one one thing I'm really pleased at is it's shown that our uh, identifying and recruiting players is is, is back on song. Um, so I think that's the good thing, and uh, I think he, he is a fantastic acquisition for us. Yeah, Lewis, uh, you've no doubt seen all five games. What have you made of uh, of him? And I mean, where does he? I guess it's going to be hard for Dan Potts to get back in the side now. Oh, 100%. I felt last season, whenever Dan Potts was fit, it'd be straight in, if I'm honest. But with Reese Nice and Davis in the team, he's got, Nathan's got a tough decision. But if Norris and Davis keeps performing like he is every week, it's a no-brainer, really. It's just nice having two attacking fullbacks again. We've missed the Justin and Stacey, um, obviously, combinations of going forward and getting goals, getting assists. It's nice to see it back again. I just can't wait to see what what more we we see from him. Really, what more can Nathan get out of him? That's the thing that's um, going to be interesting moving forward, isn't it? Go on, James. I, I think Kev that Dan Potts is probably um, uh, it's unfortunate for him. He might he might find a bit of deja vu this season that you know injury keeps him out and a player comes in that just takes a shirt and uh, he becomes the first choice. And I think. You know, that's obviously what, what happened with JJ. And I think there's potential for the same to happen here because, you know, Dan, Dan Potts is a defending uh, left-back for me, but Norrington Davis, um, he, he likes to get forward, as we've seen. Yeah, it was definitely no slant on um, Dan Potts that you might struggle to get in, just using that as an example as to how impressive uh, Norrington Davis has been. And Tony... Um, Guy alongside him who's been equally as impressive uh, this season and has really improved his game is Sonny Bradley. What have you made of him? Not just as a defender, but I mean, he's obviously the captain of the side and he's actually leading by example and really showing that confidence that we want in a captain. Oh, it, it, it's fantastic to see that. Um, you know, because I, I, last season, you're not sure what it was. I mean, Sonny did go through a bit of a, a rough patch and he didn't look his normal self for a large part of last season, you know, the dominant centre-half that played for us in League One. Um, but he looks like he's getting there. And again, I, I think that's where you see how good Nathan Jones is because he's he's obviously instilling that self-belief in him and, uh, you know, uh, renewed his confidence. And, and he, he's, he's looked fantastic in each game and he he's, he's becoming a, a real captain and a real leader, but you, you can see that as well in the improvement in Matty Pearson as well. So, um, no, long may it continue, um, right from the start. I think, um, Sonny cemented his place in the team and, and I think it's also helped, um, to have a bit of competition there in Lockyer as well. So, um, you know, Lockyer is a good player. He, he's got a pedigree. He's a Welsh international. Some people might say that's not so good, but um, he's he's shown that he's a good player. So it's nice to see that that competition there. Yeah, it is. Um, Lewis, what have you made of Sonny Bradley's improvement? It's like a different player. It's 
so much better than it's like we're seeing the League One version of what he used to do, but on another level. Last well, yeah, last season under Graham, he just wasn't the same guy. I don't know why it was a lack of confidence. I don't know what Graham was saying to him, but it just shows you what a different manager can do to a player, the impact he has, and I hope it just continues. That's all I want, really, just consistency throughout the season and keep putting his performance in. Yeah, indeed. I mean, James, we had Sonny on the uh, Sonny on Sonny on the podcast last season, and I think you spoke to him during one of those lockdown Zoom call things that the club organised. And the one thing that you can immediately tell is just how um, dedicated and determined he is to succeed both for himself and for the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a mission, didn't he? He, he didn't want to not be a championship player. And, um, you know, he, he fought for the team. But I don't know, the difference in him this season compared to last season is like he was Bambi on ice and he's now Franco Baresi. It's like, he's, <laughs> it's just, he's just completely different. I'm so impressed. Hell of a comparison what, there, James. <laughs> I'm so impressed with what he's, what, what he's done so far. He just looks... Cool, calm, collected. Nothing's really phasing him. He seems to be wonderful, wonderfully um, adept with the ball at his feet now. He's uh, sort of getting his head up and, and, and looking to um, start things off once he's broken it up. Uh, he's obviously dominant in in the air because of his height. Um, yeah, and, and he's and he's a real leader. And it, Tony's right. It's the I don't know whether it's just come from him or whether it's because Lockyer's there and he's another one. He's he's really cool customer that um, uh, is comfortable with the ball at his feet. But that they they've both also improved Matty Pearson as well. I mean, you know, one one thing Matty Pearson hasn't been really is um, that much of a ball player. He's a blood and thunder defender isn't he but even he's stepped up and it's absolutely wonderful to see I mean the confidence racing through him must be sky high because of the amount of goals they were getting in um, last season and even even the ones against Reading in the 5-0 drubbing some of them were absolutely comical but they haven't been like that since and um, yeah long may it continue because the, the the more that Luton can not only just keep teams out and, and and keep them quiet, but play out from the back, it's going to suit the style that they've got, and um, it, it's it's really nice to see. I think you know, no matter what combination from those three that play in the team, I think we're going to have confidence in them because you know all three of them look like championship players more so than Bradley and Pearson did last season. So. You know, it just shows you that, that you know, they're, they're coming on, they're developing, and uh, it's great to be able to have that confidence in your central defenders. I wonder also whether it's it, it's also the fact that Simon Sluger is now a, a, a proper goalie. They've yeah. got they've got someone behind them. They know that he, he's, you know, his 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 troubles are well documented, and he deserved, as Kev said at the time, he, he needed to come out of the side. But ever since he's come back, he's just got better and better. Um, and the, the saves he's been making, that, that's got to instill confidence in your back line as well. So it's a whole package. Well, James, I, I, I think you've got to make a mention that uh, James Shea had a great game last night. He looked really he, good. He, he did. He, he never, I, I don't think he's been disappointing um, when, he, when he's been called on of late, to be honest, James Shea. And he's, 
he, he could probably count himself unfortunate that they've uh, they've signed a international class goalkeeper that's now proving it. Yeah, no, that's right. I, it's actually good, isn't it, Lewis, that we're not really that worried about the goalkeeping situation now because we've suddenly, from going from kind of a calamity this time last year, we've now got two goalkeepers that whichever one plays, you're kind of happy enough that they're, that they're going to do the job. Yeah, I think as supporters and as Nathan Jones would like, you want players fighting for a starting place in the team. You want two players competing in every position. And we've we've got that. Last season, Sluga should have really been thrown in, in the deep end a little bit, starting those first 10 games. Probably should have went with Shea. But he's made up for it now. He's, he's a fantastic shot stopper. Shea, he's, he seems like he's part of the dressing room. He's that one who... You know, everyone goes to in the dressing room. So we've got two fantastic keepers. So if one gets injured, we're not going to worry for the season. No, that's it. I mean, those two defenders that we've just focused on there have been absolutely brilliant. And, well, fingers crossed, at the very least, they keep that up on Saturday. And obviously, um, much further beyond then. Lewis, I'll stick with you, actually, mate, because um, transfer window is still open. Is there any way you'd like to see us sign another player? I'd like us to sign another three, but I can't see us doing it. I feel like we're short at the back. I feel like we need another centre-half. I know Craney can play centre-half as well, but I'd rather he play right-back, as I think that's his best position. I also feel like we need someone to replace Glenn Ray in case he gets injured. I know we've got about three or four players who can potentially play in that position, but I feel like they're a lot better further forward, so the likes of Tony Cliff. Pelly, O'Kane, I feel like they're much better forward. And also, if Collins gets injured, I feel like another striker is needed because I can't see Danny scoring 10 goals this season at this level. What do you reckon, James? Um, I, I, I tend to disagree about the, the defensive midfielder um, after the performance and the shift that Ryan Tunnicliffe put in yesterday. I think he was absolutely magnificent. Um, I think He'd be able to do a job there, and obviously um, Jones already trusts Craney at that that position. So I, I, I wouldn't say anything there. Um, and you know what? If they don't sign anyone, I won't be disappointed because the players that they have signed have come in and stepped up. Like we've talked about the players that have improved from last season. I, I do think that, that there's goals all over the all over the all over the team. Um, I, I, Danny Hilton, to me, last night, looked like he was getting back to the Danny Hilton of old. He was everywhere. and He was a wonderful target man. He held the ball up. He just needs a goal, didn't he? But, um, it, it, the shot he did have was woeful and Tony Cliff let him know about it. But um, <clears throat> I think if he, if he, if he starts scoring, he, he, he could get on a run. But it's whether he gets in the team, isn't it? It's... Um, it's uh, it's Collins is the man, and he's obviously going to start against Watford because he didn't play against United. So, um, I, I'm not too concerned about any particular positions because I think that they have recruited well and they've got players that can come in. But uh, yeah, if if they if the, if they sign someone else, then um, you've you've got a, on the strength of what he's done so far. I think it would be a player that they think can fit in um, and, and a player they want rather than just getting bodies in. Yeah, I mean, Tony, when we had Nathan on a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, he did say that he's still looking to bring one in, didn't he? So, um, what sort of position would you think that would be? I I would have thought either centre back or central uh, midfield defensive player, again, or it could be a striker. I I, I tend to agree um, with Lewis on that. Ideally, you know, you'd have backup with three further players. Um, I, 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 again, with with Danny Hilton, I I think it's probably more lack of match fitness rather than anything else. Um, his game time hasn't been great, and I'm I'm sure he'll be okay once he gets back up to speed. I mean, we all love Danny and we want to see him do well. Um, again, I agree with James about Ryan Tunnicliffe. Um, if he can produce that sort of performance. I think when we saw the team and, 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 and you thought, oh, you know, you thought Glenn Ray might play, he might not play. And then when he wasn't in there, you thought, oh, okay, well, they're going to murder us in the centre of midfield. But Tunnicliffe was brilliant. Now, if he could keep up that level of performance... Right, but that—that's the big thing. Can he do that? Um, that's the trouble, isn't it? Because he was—he was pretty good at the start of last season, and then he just dropped off a cliff, really. Yeah, but maybe um, you know, with Nathan, he won't allow him to do that. He, he'll know how to motivate him and keep him going. And I—I I think I don't know if anybody seen uh, the interview that he did, Ryan Tunnicliffe, before the game. Um, he said he—he—he he, he wants to get in the team. He's desperate to get in the team. Well, he now knows what he's got to do. Um, and that's what it's all about. There were certain players last season, I felt, before Nathan came back, who who knew they were going to get in the team no matter what. But with their, yes, Nathan does have um, his favourites. Every manager does. But you know with Nathan, favourite or not, if you don't perform, you're going to be out. Um, but I think definitely we need another centre-back because um, I, I can't, although Martin Craney can play there and he does all right there, I still think we probably need him for, for cover for either left or right back. Um, and, you know, it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that two centre-backs could pick up injuries. So I think we just, more than anything, we probably need a centre-back. Yeah, suspensions in that area as well is likely to come into play as the season goes on as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd love another centre-back. Um, if only we can get that one we had last season back. He was pretty good, wasn't he? Definitely, he was. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone quiet on that front, though, isn't it? You never know. I know. Is it no news? Is good news? That's what I've got my fingers crossed. Who knows? I mean, I mean, yeah. if 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 he comes back, then bloody hell, they're going to have a wonderful defence. Whatever one they pick, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Top two, do anybody? <laughs> it, I we, guess as long as he doesn't really... move. You always got that hope, haven't you? But uh, we all know what the transfer window's like. It goes, goes down to the last day, doesn't it? And then it, all of a sudden, there's, you know, transfers every every which way but where. I know he's been linked with Bournemouth, but who knows? I wouldn't rule us out doing something just yet. Um, let's move on, chaps. As I say, there's just about two weeks of the transfer window left, so plenty of time for additions and possibly even one or two to go out on loan that need it. Maybe Kioso might be one of those. Who knows? Um, and let's yeah yeah let, let's move on. Um, James, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, yesterday, as good as you know, hosting Man United and everything was, it was pretty obvious that the occasion wasn't what it could have been because there were no fans there. And unfortunately, it looks like that's not going to be the case for a while. Before I hand over to you for your thoughts, uh, 
should just thank everyone for their correspondence and feedback on the podcast that we released with Gary Sweet and um, the members of the staff uh, from the club last week. We thank them for their time for that and you for giving your feedback. Um, it was really helpful in both sides. Considering it was done at the last second as well, Kev. Yeah, absolutely. With all that's going on, um, thank them again for doing that. Obviously, since then, James, it's now been confirmed that fans will not be back in for the Wickham game next Saturday. That's a big blow. It's a big blow as a football fan and it's a big blow for football. It's it's a massive blow. Um, you know, ultimately, the government needs to pull their finger out and, and try and work out some sort of uh, rescue package because, uh, you know, if we thought that some clubs might go to the wall in the last time, there is absolutely no way that um, everyone in that uh, top four divisions are going to be there if we're having to wait until March for even the hint of fans to come back. It's not like March comes back, stadiums are full. It'll be the plan that they were enacting last week uh, with trips and drabs of fans coming back. I mean, it's absolutely devastating um, for football clubs. Uh, I mean, the money men at football clubs, particularly... Um, in the EFL, uh, well, we know it's not dripping the riches like the Premier League. They must be pulling their hair out what to do because um, it's just it's just not sustainable. Um, and then for the fans to potentially um, go a whole season without getting into the stadium uh, and seeing the club you love, it's 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 heartbreaking really because the games. Thankfully, Luton's performances in the game so far have been really interesting to watch and, and good. But it, it is like, um, it is missing something. And it's obvious <laughs> it was missing. You watch the highlights of last night and, uh, you know, you've heard more noise at a Sunday league games. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I really don't know where where it goes from here. It, it's... It's, and it's completely illogical as well. You can go to the pub uh, till 10. I don't know where that's coming. Apparently, there's not actually any evidence behind that. I was reading today. Uh, you can go to a restaurant. You can go shopping. You go to work. Kids go to school, but you can't go and sit in an open stadium. There's no consistency. So, uh, you know, the, the, the league and the clubs will have to abide by it. But... <sighs> Can you honestly see that this government that promised you a world-beating test and trace app never did, scrapped it, people that couldn't afford, couldn't even manage to get gloves and visors for doctors and stuff, can you see them sorting it out by March even? I mean, it's really worrying for for football in general, sport in general, Um, even music you know, the arts, it's, it's just it's just an absolute shambles. When you see that people are back to normal in Wuhan, China, where it absolutely started, I can't believe that people aren't more pissed off with it. They should be furious. They should be absolutely railing against these clowns in charge. Um, I am. It's just, it's just utter disgrace. Mm. You and me both, James, I agree with you on that. Uh, Lewis, I'm interested on your take on this, actually, because you're based up in Preston at the minute, I believe, and not too far from Preston are two clubs that have gone bust, not down to COVID, but obviously there's a lot of clubs in that area that are going to 
you know, if they're going to really feel the pinch of all of this. What's the kind of vibe from the people on the street up that way? Well, Preston is one of the worst areas in the country for this virus, which doesn't really help. Um, like the local clubs around here, so like AFC Fylde, Fleetwood, Morecambe, and those clubs are going to struggle massively. It's just, we've just got idiots who run this country, idiots who run football, people up above just don't know what they're doing. And I, can, I can't see how football can survive without fans. Football is nothing without fans, so something needs to happen. I don't know what they're going to do, but fans need to be in stadiums. Or otherwise, people's, like, their lives, like the people who, like their jobs, their, their clubs, they're all going to die. It's all going to go. So they need to do something. Tony, should football be standing his ground? Because last Saturday, obviously, Luton pulled out of hosting one of the pilot events but seven pilot events did go ahead and not one of them reported any problems or if they did they were very 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 quiet because you know any I would imagine all the scrutiny would be on even the tiniest of problems at those seven games so should football stand its ground and say look we've staged these pilots there's no problem with it let us carry on I think whatever the club does or whatever football does they're between a rock and a hard place um, people are going to criticise if they back down and don't do anything. If they do anything and fans are, 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 are come back in and the rates go up, then all hell will break loose at football. So uh, for once, I, I, I feel a little bit sorry for the EFL. Um, I feel sorry for all the clubs out there, uh, uh, as Lewis has said, uh, that surviving without fans is so difficult. We've only got to look... Um, at our club and, and, you know, granted, we've managed to do, um, to help and, and, and get them through this, this, this bad time. And, and they've got all the season ticket money. They're relying on um, more finance. That's what, it, what it's going to do. And, and, and the government are, have turned around and said that they're going to be looking at different sports in order to help them. Well, sometimes the government's interpretation of <coughs> what help is, is, not what uh, normal people would think. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think um, I have got an answer um, for the Wickham game. I think the club ought to arrange um, uh, a grouse shoot on the ground and then we can have a lot of people in, can't we, <laughs> uh, before the game. Yeah, good old fox hunt, I was saying, yeah. Would be, that would be one way of doing it, yeah. Um, you know, we we could really, yeah, it doesn't have to be real grouse. We, we could, you know, chuck a load of pretend grouse on, on, on the pitch and people could have a go with their pop gums or something like that and say, it's grouse shoot, it's grouse shoot, you know, there's no restrictions on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a quandary because, as I said, you know, between a, a rock and a hard place and, uh, I think you're going to find a lot more clubs are, are, are going to go to the wall. And, and you know, at least um, the clubs in the top two divisions, you know, will have some TV money coming in. But you've got to feel for the, the clubs lower down. And especially, you know, the, the National League teams. I mean, you know, we, we, weren't, we were there not so long ago. And, and, and you, you could see at that time the restrictions and how difficult it was for those clubs. And now it... it you know, and you know, you, you you've got the the Premier League bleating that it's going to cost them so much money. Well, wasn't it a little while ago that 
you know, it was worked out that the Premier League didn't need fans. They could survive without fans. Um, I, you know, I, I don't believe anything that they say because they're awash with money. If they decided to open the purses and help out the rest of football, it would certainly still be tight and difficult, but football would get through it. So I, I, I think the ball very much is in the court of, of the Premier League and, and, and the elitists. They need to do something to help football. You know, what's, your take on, sorry, what's your take on football fighting its corner, James? I mean, obviously there is a virus still out there. I mean, you know, we've all sort of suffered people that, you know, have had symptoms or needed tests or whatever. And um, that virus is still very much real. But on the same kind of footing, you know, like you said a minute ago, you're likely to be much safer in a football ground than you are in a packed out pub or, you know, a restaurant or something that, you know, probably doesn't have the same controls. It's, it, it is a, a rock and roll place, as, as Tony says, because um, it depends what you mean by fans coming back. It, is it going to be full stadiums? Of course it ain't. You can't. Um, you can't really justify that with the, the two metre rule. Um, and then some clubs are going to be better off than others because they've got bigger grounds. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's not just football though, is it? It's the, it's the entire economy. If they, they're now going, they've spent a month or two telling you to go out and eat food, uh, a half price on the government. And now they're telling you to stay home because uh, things are getting dicey again. So they've got to take some some blame for it. Here. They they try to get things back quicker than they they should have because oh they they don't really care about people. They only care about money, um, and that's what it was all about. So um, uh, and that probably to that point, I I can't see them dipping their hands in their pockets to to shell it out for football because. It's something that they just don't understand. They don't understand football. They don't understand uh, uh, the arts, unless it's the proms, the BBC proms and flag-waving idiots, land and hope and glory and all that cobblers. And, and, so these, uh, and so these things will sort of, they'll go to the wall and they won't care. They, it's no secret that the Tories don't want you to gather in places. They, you know, that... That right back from Margaret Thatcher, they, they want the end end of communities. They want self, self, self. So they they don't want you in the pubs exchanging ideas. They don't want you at the football doing, uh, you know, getting rowdy and and and, and being exuberant because that's the one we got look, got to look forward to each week. So <laughs> I hold up no hope whatsoever that they're going to sort it. And that's even before you think of well, why aren't they trying to put out some uh, some innovative solutions to try and get you through this? I mean, just for example, because music and music festivals have not happened for six months, a couple of months ago, the organisers of the Reading Festival were talking about next year, everybody would have to have sort of this biological passport to get in and this test to get in. That's an option, isn't it? It's something, it's better than nothing, but are they thinking of anything like that? Clearly not. So... It's worrying times all around, and um, I don't. I, I think don't think there's very much that football can do about it, other than try and lobby them to pull their finger out and act like human beings. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. If you are a flag waving idiot, don't come all at me 
I will give you James's email address. You can direct all of your correspondence directly to him and, uh, yeah. and beyond. Just wave <laughs> a flag out your window. I'll see it. <laughs> Tony, where do we stand now with this? I'm thinking, I mean, we're all season ticket holders. Um, where, where, where do we stand? Because there's an awful lot of, I don't know if it's keyboard warrioring out on social media or if, you know, there is some, some, some kind of genuineness to it. I know that we had a response to the podcast last week on this. The deal for the season ticket from a financial point of view is suddenly losing an awful lot of value. Now, obviously, part of that is loyalty to the club, supporting the club and all this, that and the other. And I get all of that. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there now that are looking at this and like, well, we're not getting in the ground this season. I'm paying 400 quid for my season ticket, but it's only going to cost me 230 quid to watch them all on iFollow. Where's the kind of point to it? Or what would you what would you argue against that? Um, well, <laughs> the basic argument is uh, to those season ticket holders is, um, do you want the club or not? You know, um, that's the only way the club is going to survive is 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 uh, by the money that they've got from us. Now, as a season ticket holder, um, you know a lot of people don't realise that your season ticket only covers you for home league matches. You know, away league. Now, uh, I know that we get midweek away get, uh, away games as part of the deal, uh, but Saturday games we don't. So, if you were going to a Saturday game, you'd have to pay extra for that anyway. So that's where your iFollow money's going to watch that. Uh, and it's the same with cup games. So I, I, I think that's the bottom line, is, is, is whether people want their club to survive or not. OK, I know people, you know, clubs are going out there and they're spending money on transfer fees. But that's the other side of it. Supporters want their team to improve and build. And, and, and all our supporters want us to, at the very least, stay in a championship. And the only way that Luton can do that is by improving their squad. So to a certain extent, they've got to, to spend some money. But... Um, at least Luton uh, do it in a sensible way so they're not going over the top with the money and, and, and it's all worked out on budgets and, and, and a low budget so, so we're doing that and um, people have got to remember as well um, that even though they've paid the season ticket money the club are not going to get any more revenue from those supporters unless they buy iFollow Unless they they uh, they buy um, uh, club shirts or you know any any uh, fashion wear or anything like that, the club aren't going to get any more money because it's not just um, away fans buying buying tickets and and the, the odd people who can get in through buying tickets. They're missing out on match day revenue. They're missing out on the sales of alcohol, the sales of food, and even the sales of of, of programs. So. Um, you know, the, you know, even simple things like there's no match sponsors, there's no ball sponsors, there's no people paying for the commercial mascot package. You know, so they're missing out on a, on a lot of revenue. Now, knowing 2020 as we do, I think once things start to return to some sort of normality, um, they're likely to be... Out, um, more grateful to their fans and I'm more likely to reciprocate that and give something back to the fans and, 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 and not take the fans for granted. We know they don't take the fans for granted anyway. 
but they're more likely to do that where I know for well there's other clubs that will go yeah okay now we carry on as normal and we rip as much money out of them as possible I don't think our club will do that so I think to a large extent I, I think supporters really have got to um, you know grit their teeth and have to put up with it now I, I know for a lot of people that's hard if you've paid out for your season ticket um, you know that money's gone you've, you've paid for that so you, you're not going to lose any more on top of that so it, it, you know again as I said it's just a question of whether you want your club to be there or not at the end of this current crisis yep that's that's um, that's fair enough as um, Gary alluded to last week uh, there is an element of charity um, required here unfortunately um, that's the past and the present we've got the future to look forward to a bright and um, big future before we preview the Watford and Wickham games to come before the international break earlier on Tony and I caught up with Hatters legend Mick Harford on a zoom call uh, to get his thoughts on the season so far uh, and that big game on Saturday. Mick, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on the game coming up shortly. But before we do, just a few lines on brilliant start to the season. I mean, obviously, pre-season went perfectly, but we've just taken that form into the cup games and the league games and playing really, really uh, good football. No, it's uh, it's been a continuation from the last, uh, from the final games of the season. You know, there was... Probably only one hiccup, but uh, against Reading, when we lost 5-0 at home, but I think that was a bit of a uh, kick up the backside, really, just to, just to get us back online again, you know, when we lost that game. And from then, from then, we've, we've done amazing. Nathan's come in and done a brilliant job. He's brought some structure to the club and where we want to go to and how we want to play and, and certain things. And it's just carried on. It's been a continuation and the start of the season has been great. We've had some really good performances. Obviously, uh, Two two good wins in the league, which which is uh, which is great, and obviously a, a little cup run which ended last night, you know. So uh, so now we're we're more than happy. We're in a good place. Uh, so we we just we 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 keep our foot on the gas. We keep the place focused, and we keep moving forward. And I know that obviously you're still involved in the recruitment side of things. So it must be particularly pleasing for you that the new signings that were made uh, during the close season have hit the ground running and. Um, Already looking really good. Yeah, the guys have done well. You know, Jordan especially, he's come in and he's had it. He's been a been a revelation in terms of the way he's played, what he's doing in training. He's, he's a great kid. He's great to work with. And you have got Tom who came in. He's a he's a he's a Welsh international. He played two two uh, two games for the Welsh national team before he came to us. And uh, and he's been really really unfortunate. He's trained really well and the. Uh, he just at the moment he's looking to break into the squad in in, in league games, which he, which he will do, and he will play his part. Uh, in the two cup games he's played in at Reading and Manchester United uh, yesterday evening, I, I think he's been excellent, and he's been it's a great addition. As obviously, uh, Reese came in as a as a fullback. We needed we were we really short at fullback position with the two lads being injured, and and Reese has come in, and in my opinion, he's. He's improving game by game. He's he's getting better. He's getting stronger. He's getting fitter. And we he needs if if he keeps focused and keeps improving, he should have a great season. Hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, they like I said, they've all hit the ground running. They all look really really good. Just a word on um, Manchester United last night. Boys done us really proud in that game. And actually, they didn't get the um, fruits that they deserved really. 
No, it's it's easy to say that. I mean, it's Manchester United, arguably the biggest club in the world, and they've put a they've put a, a team out there which would which would comfortably finish mid-table in the Premier League. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I think the scoreline flattered them. I thought we played very very well. We weathered the storm for the first 20 minutes, then got into the game, built a bit of a platform, and and went from there. Very unfortunate. Uh, I mean, we don't really see George that deep in his own box. And he just caught the kid, and then he was diving all over the place. Thirty-three Williams last night. He, he was never. He was, he, I thought he had ice skates on last night. Uh, <laughs> the way the way he was playing. So uh, it was a. It, it was it was a bit of a dubious penalty, but we kept going. We come out second half, and I thought we were excellent second half. Uh, absolutely first class. We controlled the game and got into some great positions. Maybe needed a little bit more quality in the final third. And you know what happens—you go chasing the game in the last 10, 15 minutes, and as a, as a team, you, we, we leave yourself vulnerable, and we got picked off a couple of times. And you expect that when you go chasing games against the quality of the opposition. So, what, what's the overall feeling amongst the squad now, uh, Mick, after uh, that result last night? Well, it's not just the result last night and, and the performance. It's the performance more than the result. The result was disappointing. The performance was excellent. Uh, it's just, it's just there. There is a belief there. There is a, there's a desire. There's a desire to work hard for, for for Nathan and the football club for themselves and to improve themselves. There's a structure there that they're, they're, they're believing in, and and it's 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 a massive challenge for us. You know, we we know there's going to be ups and downs in this league. They know we we're going to have some tough games uh, as the season carries on. Uh, and, and we're going to have to be ready for those challenges. And uh, I believe 100% the staff, the players every, and everyone involved at the football club, the fans are ready for that challenge. And I believe we're more than prepared to meet the challenge. It's going to be a great ride this season. I'm really looking forward to um, it playing out. Uh, the next leg of that ride is obviously, for us fans, one of the biggest ones, Mick. Um, you've been here long enough to know the rivalry between Luton and Watford. You've played in those games. You've coached in those games. Just how different are those games to just your normal league game? It's massive. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. And we'll make the players aware of that. Uh, it's massive for the fans. It's massive. I mean, when, when I was playing for Luton, uh, the first two fixtures I looked for was Watford and Manchester United. And I run it. We just, we're going to play the two of them inside a week. Uh, so it's bizarre, you know, how, how, it, how it pans out and where we come from to be playing these massive games. You know, Watford five years ago were in, were in, in the Premiership and we were in the Conference. And uh, now we're playing each other, in, rightly so, at league status. So, no, it's, uh, it's big. It's, it's really big. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's just, uh, you know what I'm going to say. It's just, a, it's just a horrible shame that there's no fans in there and you guys can't experience and that, you know, because I know as a... As a as an ex-player, I know what it means to you guys to play against Watford, the rivalry. I know what it's like. You want to want to go down there, have a few beers and and uh, have a good time and hopefully see us win. And I'm, and I'm sure we'll put up a great fight. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be a good contest down there on the pitch, that is. Yeah, we're, um, we're absolutely sure the players will give, uh, give their all. With that, without the fans, though, Mick, will that make the intensity on the pitch a little less or... Will we? Will the boys still know? You know that this is a real intense, intense game. Because I'm just thinking that if our boys are well aware of what the derby entails, they've got a lot of sort of 
foreigners, haven't they, who might not be quite so aware of the, the rivalry and things. Would that give us an edge? Oh, I think so. I, I believe, uh, I mean, since lockdown, I think, I, I don't know the stats on it, but I think the, uh, the away team has had, have had the advantage in terms of, uh, in terms of results and, and uh, of, of, the, of the away team winning more games or, or getting more points away from them. But no, you're right. You're right. Watford, uh, Watford have, have signed a lot of foreign players, uh, a lot of players who are, who are not pretty local or, or know the know the consequence of the game uh, or the enormity of the game or what it means to everyone in in Watford and in Luton especially. So uh, and we will we will make our players aware of that. We will make our players aware of that you know and the that the the old I mean social media everywhere will be will be going mental out there watching this game and that you know and it's. Uh, Something, something which I think they'll embrace and enjoy, and I'll, I'll definitely make sure that they're aware of it. You know what it means to the fans. Yeah, I think I follow sales are going to be through the roof uh, on this one, isn't it? Um, that's for sure. Uh, actually, you mentioned the away teams. Our away form since Nathan came back, in particular, is unbelievable, isn't it? Has something changed from the from pre Nathan to Nathan coming back to make the away form so different, or is it literally just like you say? No, no fans make it a little bit uh, easier for the away teams. No, I wouldn't say it's it's because it's no fans. I mean, obviously we put a structure in place where we try to be hard to beat. We 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 now play a certain way, uh, especially away from home. We will chop and change throughout the game and try and find ways to to win games. But I think I think just defensively, the players are bought into what Nathan wants in in terms of how we, how we set out the team and how we go about. Uh, Playing away from home, you know, we went up the lead, which is probably our most difficult away game, and we we changed it around a little bit. We played three at the back, and it worked for us. And so we we have certain defensive structures that we turn to. Uh, but overall, I just think for me, it's I mean it, a lot. A lot you got got a lot, a lot of credit to the players. The players turn in every day, and I say it. I said it when I was in charge. I said I've said it all along. Players buy into what the manager is trying to do, and they work like Trojans every day on the training ground. They're a real good group around the place, and they, they just have a fantastic attitude. And it, it shows to where they are. You, you know, we, we played United yesterday, and we made nine changes, and it, it was quite seamless, in my opinion, the way the way they went about the business and and played against United. Yeah, indeed. Um, just bringing the focus back onto the Watford game, have you got any memories from your time as a player that stand out of these of these fixtures or even the games that you coached in? I've got one memory, which uh, which my best friend, uh, who was a brilliant goalkeeper, probably the best goalkeeper I've played with at Birmingham, Tony Coton, was in goal uh, for Watford uh, on the day we played them. And, we, and I ran them the night before. So Tony, I said, I'm going to score tomorrow. I'm going to knock you out. Uh, so Tony, he's, uh, he's a bit tougher than me. He's a bit tougher than me. So I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I never knocked him out, but I did score three. Uh, <laughs> so I was, uh, we, we still speak about it now and all that, but he said, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count in my record because it was on, it was on the 3G pitch and all that. And I said, well, it counts in my record, Tony. Let's put that down there. What meant more to you with that, Mick? Was it the fact that you scored a, you know, a hat-trick for yourself or, or the fact that you put three past Tony Coton? No, it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with it. It's all about the team and the club and all that. You know, it's, it's the fact that you score 
you score and your team win, you know, that that's the main thing. And obviously, and probably one of the which keeps getting shown is when Wayne Turner scored in, in the replay in the in the uh, in the quarterfinal of the cup, you know, when Wayne's ran through and felt the one in from twenty five yards. There's no one happier from for me uh, than me for Wayne. But it, it was all about the club and all that, you know, and that, those 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 memories are brilliant, you know, and I, I, I mean, they were tough teams to play against Watford in those days. Real tough teams, real hard teams, and uh, strangely enough, I met I met uh, Les Taylor, who probably played in a few of those games. I know he played he played in a in a Watford court, uh, FA Cup quarter final when I played against uh, Watford for Birmingham, and he was at the training ground with doing the academy for Oxford. So we had a good chat about the memories of Watford, Luton, and that, you know, and he. He didn't realise we were playing Watford on Saturday. I said, "Oh, we got some good games this week, Les." He went, "Who you got then?" I went, "Oh, we got we had Derby on Saturday. We got United on Tuesday. Then we got Watford on Saturday." He said, "Bloody hell, that, that's some fixture list, and it, it just it's just unbelievable, you know, that we uh, that we participate and deservedly so in these games, you know." Yeah, like you say, that's uh, full credit to everyone at the football club, not just the players and the staff, the backroom staff, the board, and everyone for the sort of 10 years' work to get us from where we were uh, to here. Um, I can't let you go, Mick, without you telling me how many goals we're going to beat the uh, the, the scumby on um, Saturday. Well, we, we've, we've bought a... Uh, we, we, we're defending better now, as you said earlier. We, we're looking like we keep more clean sheets. We are looking like we will score goals in most games. So if I believe if they don't score, we will win. That's, so good that's, that's, that's good enough. That's good enough. That's my me. prediction. So we'll keep a clean sheet and we will win, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great, Mick. I'll go along with that, mate. <laughs> that's good enough for us, Mick. We've taken up um, a fair bit of your time. Really appreciate you sparing us some time in what is a busy week. Uh, it goes without saying that we're all right behind you and the boys on Saturday. We know you're going to do us proud. Uh, good luck for Saturday and the rest of the season. I'm really looking forward to. Um, watching it play out. Sadly, at the minute, it looks like it's going to be a while before we're actually in the ground getting behind the boys, but you you all know that we're right behind you wherever we're watching from. Well, can I just say uh, thanks for inviting me on here and uh, can I just say to all the fans out there and you guys, thanks for your support. Uh, I know how tough it is for you, especially with this big game coming up on uh, Saturday, that you're not there, but your support is so much appreciated by everyone at the football club from from me, from Nathan, the players, Gary and the board and all that, you know, it's it's so much appreciated and, and uh, it's, it, it goes a long, long way and thank, thank you very much. Yeah, thank, thanks a lot, Mick. Uh, it, it's great to see you, mate, and, uh, you know, keep up the good work, fella. We're very proud of you and the boys. Thank you. Thank you. OK, certainly it's a big game on Saturday, Lewis. Um, 14 years since we last played Watford. Um you're, you're the youngest one in here. What does this rivalry mean to you? It's massive. Obviously, as a young supporter, I haven't got to, well, especially in recent times, haven't got to see my team play against their biggest rivals. You know, Wickham isn't a rivalry. Cambridge isn't a rivalry. Um, MK Dons isn't a rivalry. All these local clubs near us, they're not rivals to me. Watford's the rivalry. You know, I've been brought up to hate Watford and I will continue to do so. So this, I'm so looking forward to it and I'm so glad that the younger generation can get to watch this game. Obviously, we would love to be there, but these difficult times have stopped that. 
But I'm looking forward to actually watching this game and competing against them because I feel like we're playing them at the perfect like perfect opportunity, you know. New manager, they're still trying to gel, you know. I'd rather play them now than a few months down the line. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. We'll come on to that in a bit more detail in a minute. James, you've never covered a derby. Looking forward to it? Oh, immensely. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, <clears throat> just for the journey that Luton have been on, you know, to, to, to go down uh, as far as they did, to come back up, and for the other mob to be perennial yo- yo-yo team between uh, the Championship and the, the Premier League. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm delighted that they got relegated uh, <laughs> it was a really big celebration wasn't it at the end of last season A Luton staying up and them getting relegated and, and this was the fixture everybody knew it was going to be an early early in the calendar fixture I think um, and, and so it's proved I kind of I kind of would have liked to have played them after the transfer window when all their big uh, big names bugger off jump ship um, but you know it is what it is, and uh, you know Luton, Luton are banging form. The thing for me, um, and Mick alluded to it there, was that he is going to instill into the players if they don't know already, and I think they already do because I've spoken to a few of them. That this means so much to this football club, and uh, whether that's going to have the same effect in Watford you know they think that they're, they're the glory Hornet boys deserve to be in the Premier League don't they and uh, hopefully they can have a, a similar fall from grace to your Sunderland to the world and, uh, and, and 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 you can have a great weekend you know uh, but on the other hand uh, it, it's only cautiously optimistic because they still have got good players haven't they so um yeah, whether it can be turned into one of those old-fashioned derbies, whoever wants it the more, I think that probably benefit Luton. But um, you know, it's just it's just such a shame that that fans can't be there. Um, <clears throat> and you know, when the fixtures were announced, people were disappointed and saying, "Yeah, well, it's good that it's at Vicarage Road first time round because uh, when the other one, the return fixture comes round, fans will be back now." And now you start thinking they might not be. So. Um, yeah, to, to for fans to miss out on that is is, is a bit heartbreaking, really. So um, the, the the least that we can do is go and go and smash them. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we can't be there as fans, but James will be covering the game on his website. Best place for Luton post match reaction. Head to the Lutonian dot com for that. Um, Tony, we're above them in the league going into this game. It's like old times, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I was just thinking that, um, you know, the natural order is slowly being restored. Um, You know, for a large part of my time as a supporter of Luton, it it was Luton in the high leagues and Watford, you know, uh, being in the the bottom two leagues. Um, I'm lucky enough to have been through a few derby games and attended games at Vicarage Road and, and at Kenilworth Road. And there always is a, a, a special atmosphere. I think the best atmosphere I think I've ever experienced at one um, at their place was the uh, 2-1 win in the League Cup um, a few years ago when uh, Springy uh, scored that unbelievable 40-yarder. That was a fantastic night, um, both on and off the pitch, I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I'm absolutely uh, looking forward to this on Saturday. And, and, you know, even though I'm, I'm probably the one that's got the most experience of the Derby games, you should all realise that um, in Derby games, uh, a lot of the time, uh, league placing goes out the window, form goes out of the window, uh, and anything can happen. Now, we know with our team, uh, we know that they'll put this current team will, will put up a fight, and there are no pushovers at the moment, which is great. If if this game had occurred at the la at the start of last season, uh, I wouldn't have held out much hope. But at the moment, I think we've got a good, a, a really good chance of beating them. I think um, from what we hear, things are not at all rosy in their camp. They appear to have a lot of players, good players, but a lot of them don't want to play for them. Um, at least we know all our players want to play for us and are desperate to play for us. And I'm have, I have no doubt that our lot will be well up for this on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this fixture goes back to 1921, doesn't it? I don't think your history with the derby goes back quite that far, Tony. But when was <laughs> the first one that you sort of... Um, when the, was the first one you went to? The first one that I actually went to, believe it or not, even though... Um, I, I mean, the first one I ever went to at Vicarage Road was uh, Boxing Day 1979 uh, when Kirk Stevens, uh, and it's a shame because Kirk doesn't remember a lot about that goal, does he, really? <laughs> <laughs> Never mentioned it. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, I, I've been there when they beat us and, and uh, you know, when we've done all right. And I, I was lucky enough to, to see... Um, Four one nil wins on the trot, um, which was which was fantastic. And I've also seen some funny incidents. That that nineteen seventy nine game, um, they should have scored. Uh, I can't remember who it was who took the shot, and it was blocked on the line by Luther Blissett. And then um, we had uh, we played them at home in, uh, a couple of seasons later. And to be fair to them, they were all over us. We had one chance and scored through Steve White. And they, they actually got the ball in our net through Malcolm Poskett. <laughs> and they scored, they turned around celebrating and everything, and the referee blew, blew up for a free kick for them outside the penalty area. And, and, and we really had the Indian sign over them. Um, I thought it's, it's going to be a bit more difficult. I mean, the last game we played them at home, um, all I can remember about that one is uh, that their game management tactics. That's when they had Boothroyd as manager and, and that they were, you know, I think that's where uh, Wickham got their game plan from. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and, and then you, you see other things and, and, and it's when you talk to ex-players like Mick, it, it, they catch it, they get caught up in it and they realise it, 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 it's an important game as well. I mean, you know, Mick has always been a hero, but one of the memories when he played for Wimbledon, when he walked through a lot of them doing the dead fly, that was fantastic. <laughs> and I think it was Tommy Mooney got up and was going to go for him, and then he realised who it was and suddenly backed off. Um, yeah, but I, knowing um, Mick, I, I, I think probably before the game on Saturday, I think Mick will be joining them up. And I, I don't think they'll need much doing up. You know, I think they'll, they'll want to win it, not just for us, but for themselves. You know, I, I, I'm hoping that uh, Watford will go into it. And, yeah, as you say, they, they, they probably have got better players than us. But, 
it doesn't mean anything. They 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 can have an off day. And, you know, generally with players like that, you look at how we played last night. If we play like that again, uh, I, I I think Watford have got a lot to be worried about. Yeah, it's Lewis, funny. I put it, it just then. Sorry, James. I put it to Mick um, just then, Lewis, that Watford have got a lot of foreign players who might not know the history of this rivalry. Is that going to give us an advantage, do you think? Oh, 100%. I feel like we're going to have a lot more fight than them. I feel like Matty Pearson and Bradley would be perfect for this game. Like, just to first two minutes, just hit them with a tackle. That will set the game for the, for the whole, like, 90 minutes. I feel like they need, to, like, do you need to start for them? I feel like he's their main focus point who know who would know actually about this rivalry and maybe Andre Gray as well. But apart from that, I can't see many of them actually, they may just treat this like a normal game. So I feel like us having that fight, that hunger will help us win this. See it that way, James? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I fully expect them to, you know, because they've been in the Premier League and because they think that's where they belong, they probably view Luton as the noisy neighbours up the road and, um, you know, a smaller team or whatever. <clears throat> Although um, a team that's won more trophies than them. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the management, the ownership um, won't have known this fixture. Um, the... The players are used to playing better calibre of teams um, just because of the, the Premier League status. Um, and so there's every chance that, that, that they won't view it in the same way that Luton fans and hopefully the Luton players will. And, uh, you know, that's it. You've got to take your, as much advantage from these things as you can. And um, it adds into the fact that Luton won't have any of their fans in front of them at Dickwich Road, probably benefit them as well as it did at Elland Road and you know Swansea Preston last season. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm quite quite uh, hopeful that uh, that they will take it a bit lightly, um, and uh, and if they do, that'll play into Luton's hands. Yeah, uh, it's not going to have the atmosphere that that. Cup game that Tony referred to a little while ago had, uh, but let's hope it has the same result. Um, score predictions for this one, then Tony. I'll start with you. Um, I, obviously, I don't have to ask you who's going to win, but how many is, is it going to be by? Two nil. Lewis, what's your prediction, mate? I reckon one nil. James, two one. That's it. Three nil wins. Good enough. Good enough for us. Um, I am going for... No, I'm agreeing with Lewis, actually. We tend to be quite tight away from my one little one little will do us in that one. Um, then the following week, Tony's favourite game, isn't it, chaps? Um, Wickham, Wickham at home. It's handy, actually, that it's the game that leads us into the international break because there's a sporting chance it will finish before the one that follows it. Um, <laughs> what are you thinking on that one, um, James? We thought we'd got rid of this a lot, didn't we? And... Well, they're like a they're like a red wine stain on the carpet. You just cannot get rid of them. Well, as long as Luton takes some white wine, that'll sort it out, won't it? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't get rid of them. And uh, I didn't want to have to go to their ground uh, ever again, but it looks like that's going to happen. Um, uh, wasn't it lovely to see them get absolutely gubbed 
by Blackburn Rovers, who uh, I don't think are that great shakes anyway. So hopefully that sets the tone for their season. Um, I, you know, I thought I, it's easy to say to see and to say that they will struggle in this league um, based on all the teams that tend to come up have a tricky first season anyway. But um, you know they're going to have less of a budget than Luton did last season. I'm sure some bloke will, some bloke with long hair will tell you about that. Hasn't you mentioned uh, it yet, Jane? Hasn't <laughs> you mentioned it yet? Probably, uh, probably every five minutes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, you know, we, we we said in the last pod the, the teams we thought that would struggle and the ones that would be in the relegation places, and I've I've, got, I've seen nothing to suggest that Wickham won't be there. Uh, it, the only trouble is whether they draw you into their um, their style of football, which is to have no midfield and to get a sore neck. And if that's the case, then you know it, it might be it might level the playing field for them. But if Luke can play it any way near any of the games that they've played so far and, and the way they've played and the, the passing style getting out wide, then um, I, there's only one winner. Lewis, we've played Wickham quite a few times in recent seasons. What have you made of those games? What do you make of Wickham as a team? And how do you think our chances are against them on a week on Saturday? I hate playing Wickham. I just hate it with a passion. It's just dire football. My best memory of playing Wickham is when we scored two goals in the last like two minutes at their place when we won 2-1. I think that day was just such relief because they played that dire football, what, what they like to play, hoofing the ball. It's not even football, is it? It's just, let's see how much we can put the ball in the air for. It's dreadful. I feel like if we, if we score first, that ruins their game plan. But the longer it stays nil-nil, the longer that the game goes on for, they will nick a goal somehow like they always do. And then we're just playing a, such a hard game and trying to break their like part the bus method, which they love to do. So fingers crossed, first 10 minutes, we're a couple of goals up and it should be an easy game. Fingers crossed indeed, yeah. Tony, it's uh, the Watford game that kicks off at half 12, but we could really do the Wicked one kicking off at that time so that it finishes on the same day, couldn't we? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to put something straight here, right? Um, I don't hate any football team. Um, the Dongs I despise. Um, Watford are there to be laughed at. And Wickham is more of a, oh, bless them, they're trying. You know, they're, they're trying. Um, but I, I'm, I'm trying to be positive about the Wickham game. And, and I, I think, do you know what? At least I'm going to be comfortable and warm and with my feet up whilst enjoying all the uh, extra time. Hopefully, I won't be that comfortable that I'll fall asleep, but it will be bloody close. Um, I'd like to see an increase on uh, what happened in their first game when the, the, the ball was in play for, what was it, 35 minutes? Out of a 90-minute game. We've got used to them now. Uh, you know that they're going to 
you know, they'll kick the ball out, they'll go down injured, they'll waste time, they'll waste time. And I, I, I always find it hilarious that uh, they go goal down and all of a sudden the time wasting stops. But, but when was it? Was it, was it when we last played them in League One at home? We were beating them and there was still bloody time wasting, even when it was their time. You know, so um, it's just a cross we've got to bear. They're back there. They'll, they'll be trying to compete with us for one season. They'll fail. They'll get relegated. So I, I, I think we can put up with them at home for just one more game. OK? Yeah. And I expect us to win that. It does make you wonder how Blackburn had enough time to score five goals, doesn't it? Um, fair play to them for, for that. James, you're first with the predictions on this one. 3-0. As Tony's drinking, Lewis? If we beat Watford, then 3-0. Tony? Do you know what? I was going to go for 3-0 there as well. 3-0. Happy days. Ev, come on. Can't escape. Do you know what? I actually think that this is the game that we will um, explode into life in attack. Uh, I think we might go one more than the 3-0. I'll go 4 yeah, I think this is um, particularly like Lewis says. If we beat Watford, uh, the the boys are going to be on such a high after that, aren't they? I mean, they'll know that they've done it for the fans, and the whole club will be bouncing, won't it? Whether fans are there or not. Um, so if we've won that game, I think we'll do a good job on Wickham. Right. Let's hope that's the case. Anyway, let's hope we get six points. If we do get six points, I'm not believing that Reading and Bristol City are going to get six points. So we should go into the international break, top of the league, and what a fantastic start to the season that would be. Um, that's about it for this episode of the podcast. We will be back again during that international break, uh, previewing the games to come. We we will try and get someone from the club on. Uh, get their opinions on on that Watford game however it may, however it goes and uh, go from there Lewis it's been great to have you on just before we finish where can everyone find your YouTube channel just type in Lewis Williams on YouTube and then it should be first one up excellent have a watch of that I'm sure there'll be a Watford preview going up there sometime soon give it, give it a watch because it's worth it it's worth it yeah some interesting stuff on there Lewis uh, you, you, give me that, you can give me that tenner later <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on mate hope you've enjoyed it um, come and see us again later on in the season James Tony thanks again James enjoy Saturday um, obviously uh, if you need an assistant you know my number and Tony well enjoy the two games as well mate yeah okay that's great thanks guys cheers good night cheers, thank you. cheers boys